This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. Screenplay. Based on a true story. Working title. On Ice. Interior, jewellery store, Carson Mall, Los Angeles, 1983. A wide-angle lens is mounted in the corner of the store. The footage is black and white, grainy. There is no audio. The store manager, a woman in her 50s, serves a young couple, unlocks the glass cabinet, and produces a tray of rings. The young woman tries different ones on, admiring them. The assistant leans in, pointing out the features of each ring. Another assistant comes into frame, walking to the front door to let in two further customers. As she opens the doors, the two men burst in, producing small sledgehammers from a hold all. One youth motions to the manager and the customers to get down on the floor. They cower, horrified. Rapidly, the burglars smash the glass cabinets. They grab the trays of watches, rings, and necklaces and empty them into the hold all. Within 45 seconds, it's over. The men disappear through the door. In the morning, police at my door. Fresh Shadita squeak across the bathroom floor. Out my back window. One of the hoods making off with thousands of dollars of Rolexes was Tracy Merrow. In time, he'd become the gangster rapper Ice T, the original gangster rapper. He'd create a whole new genre. He'd make tens of millions of dollars making music out of inner city chaos. And he'd release one of the most controversial records of all time. But in 83, that all lay in the future. A few years earlier, Marrow had joined the 25th Infantry Division to get back on the straight and narrow. I guess you could say things didn't quite work out that way. By the age of 25, he was back on Civvy Street and back in trouble, bashing jewelry stores and hitting banks. One by one, his friends got put away. And then, in the middle of a bank job, one of them got shot, dead. As Marrow himself put it, Watching the mafia is exciting, but to live it every day with the possibility of somebody blowing your brains out, that's not sexy. There's fun at the beginning, but pain at the end, he said. Marrow was lucky. He never got caught. He never went to jail. Marrow reinvented himself. Marrow knew what he wanted to do, and he knew what he wanted to be. And it all had started during his military service. I said a hip, hop, hip, 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 Fade in. Interior, Army Barracks, 25th Infantry Division, Hawaii, September 1979. Wide shot. Marrow lies on a top bunk listening to the radio on a pair of cheap headphones. He hears a completely new sound, and he likes it. Slow zoom in. The young man is totally absorbed by the music, his whole body moving in time, captivated, transported by the rhythm. You don't stop, block the rhythm that'll make your body rock. Well, so far you've heard my voice. But At that moment, his life changed. While still stationed in Hawaii, Ice bought a couple of cheap turntables, a mixer, speakers, and learned how to rap. In December 79, he said goodbye to the military and goodbye to Tracy Marrow. Ice T was born. I'm always clean. I rode Mercedes Benz when I was 17. From the womb to the tomb, I run my game. I'm cold as ice. The name Ice-T was a tribute to the African-American author Iceberg Slim. Slim showed how tragedy could be turned into treasure. For a good few years, Ice combined rapping with bank jobs and jewelry heists. But as his friends got thrown in jail, it gave Ice more time to spend making music. 
Then sometime in the mid-80s, a car crash convinced ICE to go straight for good. Like so many who made it in L.A., ICE wasn't an L.A. native. He'd been born in an upscale neighborhood in New Jersey. But that was where his good fortune ended. His mom dropped dead of a heart attack when he was eight. Four years later, his dad's heart gave out too. The 12-year-old Ice was sent west to live with an aunt. If the teenage Ice thought he was arriving in the L.A. of the TV soaps, he was wrong. L.A. touted sun, sea, and success, but in the suburbs, the prospects were dark and getting darker. A child who was born in the east one day moved to the west coast after his parents passed away. Never understood his fascination with rhymes or beats and poetry. He was considered elite. Became a young gangster in the streets of L.A. LA. Lost connection with his true roots far away. Cut to the present day. Skid Row, Los Angeles. Day. Scores of tents line the sidewalk. Sleeping bags are everywhere. Shopping carts contain the homeless residents' belongings. People wander in and out of the road, oblivious to the traffic. Los Angeles has always been a place where a lot of different people come. Gay Teresa Johnson of UCLA. Poor white people, black people, Central American folks, indigenous folks who were here first and are always and perpetually erased from the narrative. All of these different people intersect here. And there are so many ways in which by the late 1980s and early 1990s, perfect storm of social problems begins to exist on these very streets. The recession in the 1990s hit California pretty hard. Pat Morrison, L.A. Times columnist. Because this has, in a sense, always been a boom-or-bust state. It's a high-risk, high-reward state, both for individuals and for the state itself. One of the biggest impacts here in Southern California was the virtual collapse of the aerospace industry because during and after the Second World War, California, Southern California especially, became the arsenal of democracy in a way. When the Berlin Wall collapsed in 89 and the sense was there's peace in the world, the communist threat is gone, the government pulled away from a lot of those contracts. And so places in Southern California that were particularly dependent upon military contracts contracted, sometimes overnight. People wouldn't cancel their milk order, and you would see whole streets where the houses were empty and the milk bottles were sitting on the front porch, and the people had gone. We see a very profound uh, downturn in the kinds of services that people are willing to provide, that the state is willing to provide, that city governments and city planners and city officials had promised to give. Gangs were the latest thing. Rivalry and revenge were spiraling. Anyway, let's fast forward. Ice got good at rapping. His music was antagonistic. It was provocative. Ice started to sell a lot of records. And the record industry was starting to make serious money. L.A. becomes like a very particular kind of gangster locus, right? I mean, part of it is because of the police surveillance and the, and the environment that it creates. But also what I think it, it reflects is a deep and long felt anger about what it means to be relegated to a trash heap. LA, home of the body bag. Ice tea, and 
let's just be frank that the the music business makes millions off of a very particular representation of black manhood and nihilism. I mean, the idea of black people killing each other makes big, big money, big money. And who's the listenership? It's mostly, at that time anyway, white boys. Ice got big, really big, really rich, and really successful, just as L.A. was engulfed by crisis. Exterior, Interstate 210, March 3rd, 1991, 12.30 a.m. Grainy black and white camcorder recording. Slow zoom in. As the camcorder focuses, we see a man on his hands and knees in front of a white hatchback. Police officers are repeatedly striking the man with their batons. A helicopter roars overhead. One officer moves in to restrain his colleague, to no avail. These images of police brutality in Los Angeles have shocked a nation used to... Officers from the LAPD struck Rodney King 33 times. Rodney King, which shocked the American people. Watching it, I mean, I was 20, was a very interesting exercise in spectatorship because the national outcry was surprising because black people and brown people had gone for so long in L.A. with folks knowing that this happens all the, all the time, on the daily. The only new thing about it was somebody got it on camera. That was the only new thing about it. The D.A. charged four officers. As the officers stood in the dock, Ice-T released one of the most controversial records of all time, Cop Killer. When the jury delivered their verdict, all the officers were acquitted of assault. Only one was sentenced for use of excessive force. L.A. erupted. This is Hollywood, the city where dreams are made. Tonight, it's a nightmare of civil disorder. The death toll in Los Angeles has doubled in the last 24 hours. At the height of the rioting, the only order in effect on the ground was the law of the gun. I mean, the rebellion is an expression of fatigue with the endless police repression. The police force in Los Angeles was always trained for war. That's, that's what they've always been trained for, and that's always how it's felt, is that this is very much a police and military state. But also, it's an expression of the right to be a human being. We're not here merely to be policed and contained. We built this city. We're the ones that made all of the aircraft assembly plants work. We're the ones that built the cars. We're the ones that built the streets. We built these buildings. And yet, here we are, cordoned off, contained, surveilled, incarcerated, and then banished. Ice-T's cop killer was banned by radio stations. Politicians were horrified. But that didn't stop the kids from buying it. I don't think that for most people of color who were listening to it, they felt like it was an instruction. But it wasn't no lie either. It wasn't like Ice-T wasn't speaking truth about how a lot of people felt, which is... Maybe not so much that you wanted to actually kill a cop, but that you wanted to do away with that whole system of how the police ran our lives. As California pulled out of recession, the poor got left further and further behind. And what of ICE? Well, the bank robber, jewelry store basher, the man who made Cop Killer, he became a cop on a TV show called Law and order, the paradox of California. You can talk about murdering a cop, 
And as long as you become famous about it, you made it. I mean, I think that's the ideological work of California all the time, is to reconcile extremes, is to say, we are the place that manufactures the most ideas out of Hollywood about what this nation is. We roll them out all the time. That's our business. We're also the place where an incredible amount of revenue is generated from the tech industry. And yet you come to a place like this, where we're sitting on 6th Street in Skid Row in Los Angeles, and you see the casualties of that massive generation of wealth. And it has that history. It's embedded in who we are. We, from the very beginning, have made a business out of disappearing indigenous people and dispossessing poor people and people of color. The success of California is very much built on that. Next time, will California's next century be as golden as the last? California's longest serving governor looks back and looks forward. The California Century is narrated by me, Stanley Tucci. The academic consultant is Dr. Ian Scott of Manchester University. The sound is by John Boland, and the editor is Philip Sellers. It's a BBC Radio Documentaries unit production for BBC Radio 4. The series is written and produced by Lawrence Grizzell. An economic prison. Gotta get out, you gotta get out. Why? Gotta get out, you gotta get out. Why? Gotta get out, you gotta get out. Why? Because the fields are where you die. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. Anna Delvey was due to inherit $67 million. I'm so excited about what the future holds. She secured huge investments for a project in New York. She was very confident in her words. And yet... It was all a lie. She's a con artist. Join journalist Vicky Baker as she delves into a real-life scandal. We'll mix drama with documentary to tell the story of Anna Delvey's rise and fall. Fake Heiress, a new six-part podcast on BBC Sounds. I was watching this whole thing happen thinking it can't be true. Download the free app to listen. When you need your bank, Capital One is right in the palm of your hand. So you can check your balance, deposit checks, pay bills, and transfer money from your phone with a top-rated app. This is banking reimagined.